This is not normal. So these are extraordinary times. And they're dangerous times. Uh, welcome to them. Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, and 99.5 in Ridgecrest in China Lake, California. Also up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ and Cottage Grove on KSO. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, in Grand Rapids, Michigan on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire, where they're voting this week on WNHN, in Fayetteville, Arkansas on KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950. KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week, still fighting five days a week here on the broadcast. broadcast. To make your world safe for democracy again, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today for another thrilling episode. I'm going to open up the phone lines today, come hell or high water, as it looks like we are in for plenty of both this week. Really? Uh, Our phone number is 818-985-5735 if you're listening live in the Southern California area or anywhere else today. Would love to get your uh, your thoughts on a host of things from last week's hearings of uh, in the Senate Judiciary Committee of Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the stolen U.S. Supreme Court to the startling anonymous op ed in The New York Times last week. Is that guy or that woman a hero? Uh, or to be condemned. Is he or she a coward? You'll let me know. To the uh, to this week's release of Bob Woodward's new book on the out-of-control Trump White House to Barack Obama's reemergence on the campaign trail for Democrats just two months out from the 2018 midterms. And I should note, by the way, um, Judd Legum over at uh, Think Progress, I don't watch these things very closely uh, or at all these days, given who's in the White House and the liar who lies for him. But I guess Sarah Huckabee Sanders had a press briefing today. I think it was the first one of the supposed daily press briefings. I think it was the first one she's had in about two weeks. And uh, Legum notes a number of questions in the White House press briefing about the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh, who could reshape the law and America for decades. Zero. Zero questions. 
Incredibly enough, at the White House press briefing, he says the number about the anonymous op-ed, which ultimately changes nothing, he says, I uh, lost track, but so many. Incredible. Uh, But anyway, uh, speaking of all of the above, we are, um, this is finally the final week of primaries in 2018 before the November 6th election. Primary season wraps up this week as we are now less than two months from November 6th, the first real chance for Americans to put the brakes, some brakes anyway, on this runaway nightmare of an administration that has, in my estimation, resulted in nothing less than a national emergency in this country. Some might even call it an international emergency. Uh, But uh, in any event, on Tuesday this week, folks in New Hampshire, voters are headed to the polls. That's New Hampshire, where about 40 percent of the towns still happily uh, hand count their hand marked paper ballots. And we're uh, counter to one of the biggest deceptions regarding hand counted paper ballots. Uh, Those towns where they hand count New Hampshire are often completed, done, finished with their hand counting um, with these 100 percent publicly observable counts right there. And then uh, by volunteers in the uh, in the precincts where everybody can watch, they're often done in those precincts before many of the optical scan towns are done with their unverified computer tallies. So uh, that's New Hampshire on Tuesday. On Wednesday, it's Rhode Island. Yes, Wednesday in Rhode Island. They use optical scanned paper ballots there for the most part in Rhode Island. And then on Thursday, yes, Thursday, New York uh, holds its state and local primaries. They use optical scanned paper ballots as well. And, of course, the uh, much-watched contest in the Democratic primary between progressive activist and uh, actress Cynthia Nixon will be on Thursday in New York um, as she uh, challenges the state's two-term Democratic governor, Andrew Cuomo. So we'll be tracking those elections and related problems that folks have voting in all three states and that we all have counting results in American elections. But uh, first, as we have been um, since last week, we continue to track what everyone is is, is also now tracking today, what looks to be a major hurricane that will slam into the uh, into the East Coast as the week proceeds. uh, Hurricane Florence exploded into a potentially catastrophic Category 4 hurricane on Monday as it closed in on North and South Carolina, carrying winds up to 130 miles per hour and water that could wreak havoc over a huge stretch of the eastern seaboard as the week goes on. That when they that's from AP saying it, that it exploded into a Category Four. It did. It was just a It had just become a Category Three. I want to say an hour or so before Desi Doyen. Am I remembering that correctly? Yes, you are remembering that correctly. It spun up very fast from a tropical storm to Category 4 within about 24 hours, which is used to be, I should say, used to be really rare. But it happens much more routinely now with global warming, of course. uh, The South Carolina governor has ordered the state's entire coastline to be evacuated uh, beginning at noon on Tuesday. That's a mandatory evacuation of the coastline. This is some one million residents who will be leaving the coast. 
The uh, the storm's first effects are already being seen on barrier islands. Rip currents are hitting beaches and seawater is beginning to flow over state highways. Communities along a stretch of uh, of the coastline that is very vulnerable to rising sea levels due to climate change uh, are preparing now to evacuate if they haven't yet. But rising sea levels in Car- in the Carolinas? What rising sea levels? Republicans, including Republicans in the Carolinas, as we've been reporting for years on the Green News Report, they've been telling us there is no such thing. Desi Doyen didn't. Was it North or South Carolina or both who sort of banned uh, the language rising sea level rise in if, their state reports. If I remember correctly, it was North Carolina developers who lobbied the state legislature to remove the idea of sea level rise from their planning documents. So now what is important here, other than, uh, you know, keeping uh, Carolinians, I guess, disinformed by the state government, uh, if Florence slows to a crawl, as is now predicted over the record warm waters, uh, it, this could bring torrential rains, flash floods, mudslides, um, really bad. We could see this slowing down right off the coast and hanging out there for a few days as far as the weekend, as I understand it. Yeah, from the, uh, you know, of course, these are forecasting computer models, so they can change and a lot can happen in between now and then. Uh, but yeah, as you said, there are record warm Atlantic Ocean uh, waters that are fueling the intensity of this hurricane. It could even approach Category 5. That is within the realm of possibility. Mm. But the worst part about these computer models is that they show that there's a a potential blocking effect uh, effect coming along uh, that's going to make Hurricane Florence stall in place park, literally, wherever it lands and dump ungodly amounts of rain inland. That, of course, that could still not happen, and we hope it doesn't, but those folks need to worry and be very concerned and get very prepared for the potential of inland flooding far inland. And when you say blocking effect, that's uh, this uh, high-pressure front that's coming down from the northeast and sort of holding this storm in place in preventing a holding it. pattern. Yes, preventing, preventing it from, from moving, moving along. Away. There yeah. are uh, potentially four feet of rain, potentially. How much? Four feet is one of the models. Four feet of rain within a couple of days. All of that water will have to go somewhere. And it will go, you know, out to sea, but it will flood everything in the way. Well, and what is in the way? Well, a half a dozen nuclear power plants are in the way. What could possibly go wrong there? There's also uh, pits up and down the Carolinas holding coal ash. That's toxic coal ash, these open pits of coal ash and water that uh, could flood, along with other industrial uh, waste. Numerous eastern hog farms store animal waste in massive open-air lagoons. Those could all be flooded. And all of that uh, pig waste and coal waste, I'm trying to watch my language here, uh, could flow out into the into the fresh water, into the drinking water systems. National Hurricane Center Director Ken Graham warns that Florence was going to linger over the Carolinas once it does reach shore, and people living well inland should prepare to lose power and endure flooding and other hazards. He warns it's not just the coast. When you stall a system like this and it moves real slow, some of that rainfall can extend well away from the center Florence will be moving over waters where temperatures are peaking near 85 degrees. According to hurricane specialist Eric Blake, 
Uh, and with a little wind shear to pull the storm apart, that's that blocking effect. Florence's hurricane wind field was expected to expand over the coming days, increasing its storm surge and inland wind threats. And these are some very densely populated areas on the East Coast that are now in the potential path of Florence. Uh, from South Carolina on up to Virginia, depending on what happens over the next day or three. Massive rainfall could extend into the Appalachian Mountains in West Virginia, uh, where they also like to pretend climate change doesn't exist. We'll see how they uh, do with that pretending this week. Uh, at the same time, two other storms, by the way, are also spinning in the Atlantic behind Florence. That would be Hurricanes Isaac and Helene, Helena. Helen? Helene? I don't know. Two more hurricanes uh, behind Florence, though neither is currently currently predicted to make it to the mainland, uh, though the Caribbean could get hit with rainfall from uh, Helene, and the uh, unpredictability of Florence over the past week should give everyone pause about predicting what could happen with these storms at peak hurricane season in a climate-changed world. Uh, several meteorologists said uh, Florence could do what Hurricane Harvey did last year over Texas, which is essentially dump huge amounts of rain because it refuses to move on. Um, several uh, experts are calling this storm Harvey-esque. Meanwhile, in the Pacific, in Hawaii, which was just hit just last week, by the way, which you may or may not have even heard about, <laughs> if you heard, if you listened to the broadcast and the Green News report, you heard it. But who who else really covered it? Uh, just last week, they had all-time record rainfall in Hawaii. I think as much as 50 inches in some places, and now they could be in line for another storm this week from Hurricane Olivia in the Pacific. That storm is uh, heading straight towards Hawaii for a, a second helping at this point. Yes, yes, it is. Um, right now it is spinning down. It's, uh, you know, it's not clear if it will hit as a hurricane, but it is headed with a direct aim on the Hawaiian Islands. Probably will be more closer to a tropical storm, but it will still bring ungodly amounts of rain again. And uh, Governor David Ige has also issued a state of emergency in order to mobilize resources and get them in place. And that's, by the way, that's uh, so last week when they had the all-time record rain in Hawaii, Hawaii, that was the, I think, the second largest uh, rainfall in the U.S. in yes. recorded history. Yeah, that was Hurricane Lane. That was about August 28th. So, you know, just a little less than two weeks ago, uh, Hurricane Lane dumped uh, about five feet of rain on Hawaii. And that was just as a, as a tropical storm grazing it. And that was the second highest rainfall event in the United States from a tropical storm or a hurricane on record after Hurricane Harvey, that was just one year ago. Just one year ago. So the two top, well, and we may have number three coming in uh, exactly. on the East Coast. Now, here's some good news. Uh, Jerry, Governor Jerry Brown out here in California has signed SB 100 today. And we spoke about that in detail a week or so ago on this show. Uh, in my interview with Vox.com's David Roberts, uh, if you'd like to fully understand just how big and important this landmark SB 100 is, um, th this will make California really a leader in the world on climate change action. This plan will end all fossil fuel generated electricity here in the uh, state of California by 2045. 
That's 100% clean electricity in the entire state of California. Uh, by 2045, we uh, discussed some questions at the time when we spoke with uh, David Roberts about whether Brown would sign this bill. Now it looks like he has. So there is um, that's a landmark day here in yeah, California. That's a huge deal to have this ambitious target for retail electricity. Uh, it's zero carbon, not specifically renewable electricity. And, oh, you're right. And analysts say that that's a good idea because that provides flexibility uh, for whatever technologies might come up to help us get to this place because in reality, the priority must be that we get to zero carbon. It doesn't necessarily specifically require us to do it a certain way, which is a good idea. It will help uh, innovate and, and incentivize different zero-carbon energy sources. And uh, and we do go into detail with David Roberts. You can download at bradblog.com on that about what, what that means, what the difference is between renewable energy and carbon-free energy, because carbon-free in this case does actually include nuclear right. or nuclear Depending on if you're from Texas or not. Another thing that's important to note is that uh, Brown did not sign the questionable bill that some environmental groups were against about regionalizing California's electric grid. Uh, There were some concerns about that. David Roberts goes into detail on that Mm -hmm. on that previous show. Um, But that bill did not come up for a vote. So there will be no grid regionalization at this time for California. But there is something else that uh, Roberts says just moments before air. I have had a chance to look at it. Desi Doyen, I don't know if you have or not. Uh, he tweets, y'all, seriously, California's SB 100 puts it on the road to carbon neutral electricity by 2045. But he adds, Governor Brown just signed an executive order that would put the state on the road to total carbon neutrality by 2045, including all energy, meaning cars, cars, cars. And he goes on to say, this is huge. Do you know what he's talking about, what this executive order is? Yes, uh, this is an executive order to make the whole state economy to put it on the road to total carbon neutrality by 2045. And that includes all energy, including transportation like cars and trucks, which is by far right now the biggest source of carbon emissions in California. So, yeah, this is a huge deal for the world's fifth largest economy, which California would be if you counted it on its own. It's the world's fifth largest economy. And to have this target um, for total carbon neutrality by 2045 is incredible ambitious and will trigger a lot of jobs, a lot of construction, a lot of transition activity um, that will really even more so boost the economy. So there's your good news for today. Everything else is downhill from here. Uh, If you'd like to ring in on that good news or the downhill news, our phone number is 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, all right, let me get into uh, some of this because we didn't get a chance to open the phones last week. We had so much going on with the uh, that we were trying to follow in the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee in those hearings. Uh, so we didn't get to talk about this at all. Bob Woodward's book, uh, Bob Woodward, of course, of Washington Post, Watergate fame. Uh, he says today in an interview on NBC News on uh, with Today that Donald Trump is, quote, detached from reality and jeopardizes American national security. He says, I've never seen an instance when the president is so detached from the reality of what's going on. 
Trump responded within an hour of Woodward's uh, interview on NBC, calling him a, quote, liar and a political operative for Democrats. Now, for the record, Bob Woodward has long been a Republican ever since going back to his Watergate days. But, you know, um, he's right uh, about that part, uh, you know, about Trump being detached from reality. So I guess you can just call anyone who doesn't like you an operative for Democrats. In his uh, first live TV interview for the release of the new book, Fear, Trump in the White House, Woodward recounted an incident in which the president complained about U.S. troops in the Korean Peninsula. Woodward said the president's staff tried to explain that this is a defensive measure having troops in South Korea and in Japan uh, against the threat of the, that the uh, U.S. sees as being posed by the North. Woodward said that Defense Secretary Jim Mattis uh, told him that we are doing, told Trump that we are doing this to prevent World War III. Woodward said the idea that the Secretary of Defense has to tell a president that all of these actions are designed to prevent the ultimate catastrophe. Uh, and that uh, Mattis go, went on to say that if we don't keep these programs, which are very sensitive, the only deterrent program we will have will be the nuclear option. Uh, Woodward depicts widespread White House dis dysfunction in the book Fear, raising explosive allegations of a paranoid president whose own staff he um, whose own staff believes he is unhinged and erratic. The book's findings, of course, were amplified last week when The New York Times published that anonymous op-ed from a senior, so-called senior administration official, claiming the uh, president's staff seeks to thwart his more uh, Trump's more misguided impulses. That op-ed by what The Times describes as a senior official in the Trump administration cites a quiet, quote, quiet res resistance within the administration. It charges that Trump is, just as Woodward says today, unmoored from reality and the top officials are work have been working to counter his, quote, impulsive, half-baked, ill-informed and occasionally reckless decisions. And that at one time, uh, senior staffers were considering invoking the 25th Amendment to remove Donald Trump from office due to what they saw as his instability. But they didn't because they believed it would precipitate a constitutional crisis. In fact, invoking the 25th Amendment is a constitutional remedy, as many folks have pointed out since then. Uh, but it's kind of a complicated uh, constitutional remedy. The, the president is temporarily removed from power, then has a right to sort of petition Congress to put him back in power. So I could see that uh, as a concern, but I would argue we are already having this is already a constitutional crisis. As far as I can tell, 818-985-5735 um, is our phone number if you have um if you have thoughts on that, are we actually in a constitutional crisis at this point? It sure as hell feels like it. Uh, Woodward says that all of this is not being treated seriously enough. 
He says the uh, things that Trump did and does jeopardize the real national security. Of course, Trump tweeted before, during and after the interview on Monday attacking Woodward and the book. Uh, Before the interview, he said the White House is, quote, a smooth running machine, which I think anyone can uh, see is plainly the case. If it was any smoother running, we'd all be dead at this point. Anyway, Donald Trump says the Dems are going crazy. The Woodward book is a joke, he said. Just another assault against me in a barrage of assaults using now disproven, unnamed and anonymous sources. Dems can't stand losing. I'll write the real book, Donald Trump says. After the interview, he uh, continued on his not-crazy-at-all rant, saying Bob Woodward is a liar who is like a Dem operative prior to the midterms. He was caught cold even by NBC. Caught cold? What the hell is he talking about? Maybe you can tell me. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, Woodward pushed back on uh, criticisms from the president that his book relies on entirely un, uh, unnamed sources. He says the incidents are not anonymous. They give date, time, who participated in them. Most often the president himself and what he says at those meetings. Woodward added to the uh, at the close of his interview um, that the interviews for his book were recorded. So when uh, some of Donald Trump's top lieutenants out there say these this never happened, these are uh, complete lies, Jim Mattis and uh, 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 Kelly, General Kelly, say, well, I never said anything of the sort. Well, there are tapes. There are tapes. Lordy, there are tapes. Um, and meanwhile, as uh, to the uh, New York and those tapes, you know, those White House tapes, just like the Watergate tapes, I guess, uh, may have to come out at some point here soon. Uh, anyway, uh, as that New York Times op-ed, which we haven't been able to discuss much on this show, but I'd love to today if you want to talk about it. Um, who do you think is behind it? And whoever is behind it, are they a hero or a rogue? Uh, as I said, we were covering the uh, Kavanaugh testimony for the Supreme Court much of the week, which I wish... The the rest of the media had been doing as well. And we're going to cover it again tomorrow um, because there's uh, well, there's there's much more to cover on uh, on the what Kavanaugh said at his hearings, the documents that are still trickling out that the White House and the Republicans are trying to withhold from the public as they give this guy a. a lifelong seat on the highest court in the land. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that uh, or anything else that we're discussing today. 818-985-5735. But uh, according to Newsweek, President Trump's former campaign aide, Michael Caputo, says he knows who wrote that infamous insider anonymous op-ed in The New York Times and says the person behind it thinks that they are a hero. Speaking in an interview with uh, CNN on Sunday, Caputo claimed that he had worked out who was the author. He says he started uh, with uh, who is the person who I believe hates the president the most. This is according to an interview with CNN. Who is the person in the administration who has screamed about Trump in their own private office? 
uh, and gone forward and purged their entire office of Trump people. He said he does not believe the White House knows who the person is, but uh, thinks that they are on their way to uncovering the scribe. Although Caputo did not name the individual that he believes is responsible for the op-ed, claiming that his attorney had advised against it, he did give um, what some today are regarding as a hint on the author's identity. Caputo said, quote, I think, first of all, this person will never admit it. In my mind, the author of this op-ed believes that she is a hero to the American people. She. I guess that's the hint we get. Um, so really, uh, someone who seems to hate the president. Now, the first person who came to mind, to my mind, uh, who is a she, who that could be, I suppose, is, uh, seems like it could be Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, who replaced now Chief of Staff John Kelly as DHS secretary, alternately, I guess, uh, UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, but she didn't have to purge Trump people, uh, as uh, Caputo suggests. Uh, instead, Haley named her own staff when she uh, when she came into office on the promise, as I understand it, that she could name whoever she wanted to. So feel free to ring in on who you think it might be if you'd like. We haven't had the chance to play that game yet on this show. Happy to play it if you want. Uh, but uh, as I say, the bigger question I have for you, is that person a hero? As uh, Caputo says that she believes she is. Uh, or is he or she a coward for not coming out by name and not invoking the 25th Amendment if, in fact, try, or at least calling for the 25th Amendment if, in fact, he or she believes that Trump is as dangerous and unhinged as all of these folks claim that he or she is. I'm sorry, claim that Trump is, so that would be a he. Uh, and another question for you on along these lines. Did you feel better after reading the op-ed? Uh, you know, claiming that uh, we should know, we should, I guess, take some sort of comfort that there are adults in the room blocking the worst of Trump's impulses. Did that make you feel better or did that make you feel more concerned after reading it? We'll uh, try to get to your calls. 818-985-5735. Let's take a break here. We'll come back with more. Um I also, as I say, welcome your calls on the Kavanaugh hearings in the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee uh, and whether you see any chance that this guy will not be confirmed by Senate Republicans at this point. I got a few other items um, I won't mind catching up with either, uh, including Barack Obama's return to the political stage late on Friday. Not a moment too soon before the crucial 2018 midterms, uh, when, if the gods are with us, we may all uh, begin to put the brakes on this madness. Um, so is Barack Obama's reemergence going to help? Let me know. Love to hear from you. 818-985-5735 is the phone number. I'll take a quick break and back with your calls and more. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. 
but we need your help to do it. And that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. A whole bunch of storms all at once. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. I've got some family members in North Carolina who say they are going to write it out. Uh, I'm I'm suggesting everyone in uh, any of the Carolinas don't attempt fate. Uh, Head westward if you can. Uh, yes, Des. You I just had one on quick note yep. to make that no matter where you are, but especially if you happen to be on the East Coast right now, you can always go to ready.gov, which is the federal government's way to checklist of things you can do to get ready for this. And they have some specific ideas for folks in North Carolina, South Carolina, areas that are expected to be hit by this storm. Ready.gov. Let me hit some uh, calls here. 818-985-5735 is our phone number. I've got uh, some more on uh, on Kavanaugh, but let me get to uh, some of your thoughts on all of this. Mike in Los Angeles, welcome to the broadcast, sir. What's on your mind? Thank you, Brad. Yeah, I just was uh, predicting about two years ago that after the Republicans got what they wanted from Trump, they would be cutting him loose. And as the uh, Mueller report comes closer to disclosure, I think that's what they're starting to do. They're starting to prepare the ground for the uh, Trumpsters. To how, be are they, how are they preparing the ground? It doesn't seem to me like they're preparing the ground to cut Donald Trump loose. They seem to be cleaving to him more now than ever as we get closer to the elections for some reason that makes no sense to me, but that's what they seem to be doing. Well, they're speaking to Bob Woodward and providing grist for that mill. Mm. At the same time, the uh, anonymous uh, memo comes out, mm-hmm. and now they're... Uh, you know, smiling at each other, trying to figure out who it is, but I don't think it really matters who it is. They're all of them pretty much on the same page, I would expect, and that is they've got everything they wanted to get from Trump. They got their tax cuts. They have fatally wounded the Affordable Care Act, uh, and he's in danger of perhaps triggering the collapse of the world economy with these uh, tariff actions. And they probably don't want that to happen before they get out of office and blame it on the Democrats. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, it, I, I don't know if it's the the, the party so much as uh, White House insiders who are uh, sending up these flares of warning. Uh, we'll we'll see if you're right. I uh, appreciate that call, Mike. Uh, and I'm not sure, by the way, that uh, the Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act is actually fatally wounded at all. It seems to be clipping along uh, sort of just fine. Uh, and uh, the new numbers from the insurance industry says that it does not look like they're going to have to raise premiums again this year. Uh, for the most part, we'll see if that still holds true. 818-985-5735. John in Escondido, welcome to the broadcast. John? Hi. This is, uh, hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. Um, I was calling to talk about the op-ed. Um, I'm in the coward camp, but I'm also in the, uh, it also makes me feel significantly worse. I think, um, one of the things that made 
the administration, I wouldn't say palatable, but, you know, there's sort of ineptitude. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the op-ed to me showed that the administration is full of, um, that, that there are, you know, obviously some competent people in there, but they're willing to sacrifice the, uh, the, the safety of our country to enact Republican policy. Which is incredibly disturbing to me. And, but, um, but are they are uh, they are they risking the safety of our country by staying in and keeping Donald Trump from doing dangerous things? It seems like they're I, arguably doing I the mean, opposite of that. No. Well, I I just don't think that that keeping somebody in office that's mentally unfit to be there uh, is an act of heroism. I think it's an act of cowardice. It's if if they had any strength whatsoever, they would. They would call call it out for what it is, enact the twenty fifth amendment, and um, and 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 uh, get them out of there. But they don't they don't want to do that, probably because they're scared of their base, and also because they want to use their base to pass these insane um, things that they're that they're passing. So that's just my point of view on it. I gotcha, and I appreciate it, John. Thanks for that call. Uh, drive safely out there. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. Let me go to one more. And we need some women. Again, a whole bunch of dudes calling in. Uh, we'll we'll uh, put you women straight to the front of the line. Uh, Jim in Long Beach, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Oh, Jim. Jim here. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, you're the premier uh, voting rights and voting activities uh, show. I'm calling and listening because of that. And um, what what's not be, being taken seriously enough, I think, uh, along with you, apparently, is the Kavanaugh hearing. Um, just voting for that, because all of the distraction, that's Trump's Trump. And uh, it could have been him that wrote the letter. He'd rather have that than mm. not have Kavanaugh pass. Mm. And there's plenty of reason to expose Kavanaugh. Why wouldn't someone ask Kavanaugh if he would give his personal permission to release the documents? For instance, where's the thinking going on these uh, boards and, and these panels? That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Another voter-related thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reverend Barber came out. They're going to uh, promote voting through the churches, which is fine. But not everybody goes to church. Mm-hmm. And he was saying we're going to make sure that they have uh, absentee ballots, which I can, you know, your ears are steaming at that. Maybe but <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm just really concerned if you could personally approach the. Poverty movement, um, poor people's march, etc. Uh, approach. I'm sorry, Jim. Approach. Uh, which movement? Who did you say? Uh, approach Reverend Barber's uh, uh-huh. poor people's campaign. I see. With, and and have them uh, refine what they're doing before they do it. You know, they're trying to get the vote out. Uh, and a, a, a little thing, I'm gonna I'm gonna swerve like a hurricane. Mm-hmm. LeBron James. I would love to have seen LeBron James come out and say, "Hey, get together and vote." You know, we know it's rigged. It's a three-dimensional chessboard with the interchangeable players. But every time makes a difference if we make the difference. If, uh, if we don't make the difference, we're in bigger trouble than ever. I, I appreciate all of those thoughts, uh, Jim. And um, I don't know if uh, I hadn't specifically heard about uh, Reverend Barber's uh, call for absentee voting. It wouldn't surprise me, given that uh, North Carolina is really at the epicenter 
of uh, of, of GOP yeah. voter suppression and the fight against that. And uh, yeah, absentee voting is not a great idea unless well, you have to, vote. unless you're forced to vote on touchscreen voting systems on Election Day. Get an absentee ballot and deliver it to the uh, the precinct. Uh, what you, you say? can actually report, to, uh, talk to him personally. You have the weight. I mean, and then one last thing, which I talked to Desi about. All right, go. Okay, uh, everyone's jumping on the Medicare for all. Uh, not everyone. The Medicare for all bandwagon is rolling. Right. I have Medicare. It does not include dentistry. That's right. How about dentistry for all? Get the people supporting and seeing how it works. It's a, it's a less of a lobby the battle against get dentistry for all and then see if we can get medicare for all all right appreciate those thoughts jim uh keep up the good fight and the veering like a hurricane uh much appreciated all right 818-985-5735 uh get back to some of your calls in a minute oh look women calling good uh let's see what did i want to make sure to get to oh yeah talking about uh kavanaugh as we have been for the last week and the withheld documents and the release of some of those documents revealing, uh, among other things, that Judge Brett Kavanaugh has been misleading senators about, among other things, Roe v. Wade as settled law, as he told Maine's uh, swing voter Senator uh, Susan Collins uh, that, oh, Roe v. Wade is settled law and she bought it. She's easy to fool. Uh, anyway, we discussed all of that on uh, on Friday's broadcast with Salon's Amanda Marcotte uh, as uh, Kavanaugh hopes to be uh, seated on the highest court in the land with a lifetime appointment. And yet the Republicans in the White House are withholding about at least 90 percent of his documents um, from his uh, time as an operative in the George W. Bush White House. Um, and uh, one one of the things that we have learned w- from the documents which have been released is that it appears that Brett Kavanaugh blatantly lied to Congress several times in the early and mid-2000s while he was working at the uh, Bush White House. I hope to speak to someone at the center of that, uh, I guess, for want of a better word, controversy on tomorrow's broadcast. But uh, if you have thoughts on his uh, and his testimony after a week of that, I'd love to hear from you on that. Uh, and as importantly, I think, what did you make of the opposition to Kavanaugh by the Democrats on the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee on our Friday's uh, Brad Castellan's Amanda Marco, Marcotte expressed that she was pleasantly surprised at the uh, Democrats' aggressive and unified front in taking on Kavanaugh's apparent prevarications on all matter of uh, on all manner of issues. So, were you similarly surprised, pleased, disappointed? In the uh, Democratic response, uh, or is this still an untold story until we get closer to the actual vote on the Senate floor for um, for or against Kavanaugh as Senate Republicans madly rush to get him seated before the possibility, which seems to be getting better by the day, that they could lose a very, the very slim margin that they uh, currently have in the Senate in the majority. I love your, in the majority, I love your thoughts on that as well. 818-985-5735 if you're listening in the Southern California area or elsewhere today. Uh, you can also tweet me, by the way. I am the Brad Blog on the Twitters. Use the hashtag Bradcast 
or uh, drop me an email if you're not uh, listening live. I still want to, uh, and if you still want to touch base, I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. I have some emails I'd like to get to as well, if time allows. Uh, but let me take uh, let me take one more call before we go to our break here. Let's go to Trish in Van Nuys. Hey, Trish, welcome to the Bradcast. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Good. All well, right. I just have a quick question. Yes. And just you know, I'm curious to know your thoughts. Yes. If every, assuming that everything in that op-ed is true, mm-hmm. and that these people are doing exactly what they say they're doing, mm-hmm. why would you broadcast that, knowing that doing so is going to undermine your ability to continue to be able to do that? Knowing that the mm-hmm. administration is going to clamp down, knowing that once Trump is aware that this is going on, he's going to clamp down, possibly start firing people. Why would you do that? Well, of course, I can't answer that question. <laughs> uh, but uh, two I mean, two possibilities come to mind, obviously, is that uh, they may want to precipitate an even worse crisis to, uh, you know, help, uh, you know, to make it clear to all that, yes, Trump should be removed from office in some fashion um, because, you know what, I mean, it's been almost a week now and they have yet to, apparently, they have yet to figure out who it is. And, of course, the other explanation, which I sense, I, I smell you may be getting at here, Trish, uh, that mm-hmm. this uh, op-ed is not all that it seems to, uh, that it's been marketed as. Yeah, I mean, my, I tend to think that maybe this is just another stunt, for lack of a better word. By the White House Another, itself, by Donald Trump, yeah, or maybe, maybe even yeah. known to Donald Trump. Maybe even what to Donald Trump? Maybe, maybe even known to him. Maybe he didn't, mm-hmm. he's even aware of it. Maybe this is just another distraction, another stunt to keep us distracted from the Kavanaugh hearings. And it certainly worked for a lot of folks in the media, uh, as as I mentioned uh, today in the White House press briefing. Not one question about Kavanaugh, despite. The monumental effect he will have if he is placed on the court, if he stays on the court, if he's not impeached, as he should be, uh, he should be impeached already from his uh, post as a, a, an appeals court judge in D.C. So, yeah, I hear you, Trish. I appreciate that call. Thanks a bunch. <laughs> Stay safe out there. 818-985-5735. I'll tell you what, let me take a call. Uh, let me take a break and we'll come back with a whole bunch more of your calls right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100 percent independent, 100 percent listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com donate. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Uh, Brad, uh, Bradblog.com's legal analyst Ernie Canning uh, texts me to say that an ethics complaint has now been filed with the Department of Justice against Brett Kavanaugh. 
Uh, we'll have to see what that uh, complaint actually says. Of course, anybody can file a complaint. I could file a complaint with the DOJ. Um, what are Democrats prepared to do? I'd love to know. Taking your calls at 818-985-5735. Um, we, uh, there's the issue also, by the way, of what Democrats should do in response if, and I should say more likely, when the Republicans ram through Kavanaugh as a uh, second far-right justice under Donald Trump onto their already stolen majority GOP Supreme Court. We've been talking about uh, uh, political scientist and author David Ferris's argument from his book in recent months, uh, his book Time to Fight Dirty, that Democrats can and must pack the U.S. Supreme Court with enough new seats once they take control of the House and the Senate and the White House, if that ever happens again, pack the court with enough seats to uh, take back the majority on the court that was uh, justifiably should have been theirs, that was blatantly stolen from them back in uh, 2016. David Ferris uh, told us again last week on the broadcast that Democrats need to start talking about their intentions to do exactly this, to pack the Supreme Court by adding at least two more seats to steal back that uh, what should have been a Democratic majority. Um, but he says that uh, Democrats need to start talking about it now. At this point, you're only allowed to win if you control the presidency and you control the Senate. Right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you don't get a Supreme Court nomination. And so I think in addition to the process complaints, which are valid, but you know no one cares, um, I think in addition to the process complaints, we have to start making the case that the nomination process, the appointment process to the, to the United States Supreme Court is fundamentally broken. And we have to start making threats about things like court packing or else the Republicans will never take us seriously. That's from my interview on uh, last Wednesday's, I think, Bradcast. As I recall, you can download the full interview, of course, for free at bradblog.com. You should. Uh, and uh, Marsha E. writes into uh, Bradcast at bradblog.com. After hearing that show to say on the subject of court packing, I don't think we should talk about this. She says, I think we should keep this a secret because what's to stop them from packing the court? Uh, Talking about the Republicans, what's to stop them from doing it? They cheat. Well, I would respond to uh, Marsha. Thanks for that email. Uh, They already cheat. Uh, And B, right now, for Republicans to do that themselves, they'd have to ram it through somehow without having a filibuster-proof majority in the Senate, and a very thin majority at that is all they have. But, of course, they could just change the rules on filibusters and do it. They did the same thing when they changed the uh, filibuster requirement in order to get their stolen first pick on the Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch. And also, see, I would say, uh, by the way, I think the secret is already out. The question is, would making that vow by Democrats actually grow support for them, for the idea, for their party, and potentially engage voters to vote Democratic in order to fulfill that mandate? Now, of course, that couldn't happen until 2020 at the earliest, when and if Democrats are able to win back the White House and the House and the Senate. And even if Kavanaugh is seated, as he likely will be, he could also be impeached for any number of things, as I said, uh, and as I hope to discuss on tomorrow's broadcast. But it's uh, is it time to start talking about packing the court now in response to this? Or is Marsha E. right that it should somehow be kept a secret rather than presented as an eventual mandate for Democrats once they return to power in uh, in both the executive and legislative branches. Let's go to, uh, where am I here, uh, Nancy in Redondo Beach. Hey, Nancy, welcome to the broadcast. 
Hi, uh, I completely agree with with uh, the woman that said to not talk about it. But uh, the reason I'm calling is about the um, the op ed. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> people think that the twenty. I, I'm I'm glad that the person's anonymous because if the person wasn't anonymous, then they would resign. You know, they would have to go out there and resign. And then what? The twenty fifth amendment. You need to have a majority of the cabinet and the vice president. Yep. And the majority of Congress mm-hmm. uh, to, to enact that. And I yeah, both houses happens. of Congress. And if that person ended up resigning, that person would not be able to be on a majority if the cabinet decides to invoke the 25th. Well, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I'm glad that it's anonymous. I'm thrilled because it's put them in a panic, and I'm, I'm glad they're in a panic. <laughs> and, you know, um, and, and as far as Kavanaugh goes, I think we need to do everything we can make calls to Collins and the other one uh, and do everything we can to stop that from happening. I'm thrilled that they filed that complaint. Thanks, Nancy. I I appreciate that. And I think the other one you're talking about is Murkowski. Uh, I think people should also call people like Jeff Flake and Bob Corker who, though they are unlikely to actually go against uh, Republicans, their own party, and the president, despite pretending that they're just terribly upset by what Donald Trump is doing, I think they should hear about it. Uh, I think you should uh, give them a call, too, if you happen to live in Arizona or uh, ten- for F- Jeff Flake or Tennessee for Bob Corker. You can uh, reach the U.S. Capitol and the offices of those senators, of any of your senators uh, or congresspeople, at 202-224-3121. Let me go to uh, Jillian in Ventura. Hey, Jillian, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. I'm so glad that you're talking about the Kavanaugh thing so much. I've been really shocked at how many people just are... Going along with the yeah. with the new the quote news, which makes it sound like I had to run out of the room on the night before at the last uh, evening of the Labor Day weekend because I my friend was listening to PBS, which is supposed to be better than some, and I was so horrified by all they they're doing what they do with an election, treat it like a horse race. Yeah, you know? yeah. But there are a couple things. Um, you asked about the Democratic's response. Yeah. Um, I want to, to urge everyone who didn't see it to watch or go to Sheldon Whitehouse's website because he, he pins down the, 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 the percentages of the time, which are like 92% of the time, that Kavanaugh has ruled you know, in favor of the corporation, mm-hmm. against people, against women, you know. It's very, very good. Kamala Harris was very dramatic, and I love her. She's my senator. But White House is, is just just facts out there. He's always good, uh, and he's, he's been particularly good, good on— uh, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. He's been uh, hella good on climate change now for uh, many years. One of the few voices uh, willing to— uh, go out there and make noise and and talk about this constantly, yeah. even when the media, yes, including PBS, uh, refuses to do so. Jillian, uh, I one I, other yeah. thing, one other thing. Yeah. I want to urge everyone to talk to their friends about this. I sent out, listen to this. I sent out emails to twenty friends about it, complete with all the phone numbers of like six people they should call. Mm-hmm. Three of them answered me, and two of them didn't even 
mention what I had emailed them about. Uh, Jill, take heart. They all think that it's going to, oh, all you have to do is vote. This guy will back up everyone who's trying to suppress the vote. I was going to say take heart, Jillian, because they didn't get back to you because they were so busy calling their uh, U.S. senators to complain. That's what they yeah. were doing, Jillian. Don't worry. So. Keep up. Keep up, <laughs> keep up the good work. Keep making noise. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, over on the Twitters, by the way, Kofeve Le Pew tweets to me, Hey, please remind everyone that there are three Democrats likely to confirm Kavanaugh who need to be bothered as well. And Kofeve Le Pew uh, cites uh, uh, Joe Manchin, Joe Donnelly, and Heidi Heidkamp. That's Manchin in West Virginia, Donnelly in Indiana, Heidkamp in, uh, what is she, North Dakota? I always forget where she's from. Anyway, uh, and uh, they go on to tweet and to keep trying on Collins and Murkowski. We've got to try and definitely hold them accountable for their actions. Thank you for that tweet with the hashtag Bradcast. You can reach me there as well at the Brad blog on the Twitters. And let's go to Trina in Encino. Hey, Trina, welcome to the Bradcast. Hi. Hey, I just wanted to make a comment about um, that anonymous letter being an inside job and that it, it's possible that it can create deniability for the president if he does something really awful to save his presidency or the midterms or anything else. How would that give him deniability? How would that give the president deniability? Because the letter states that staff are making decisions for him. Oh, so uh, if things go poorly, he can say, well, that's because my staff was undermining me. Now I'm going to clean house and now you'll see all the good decisions that would have been made had it not been for that. Or something like that. But he, him and his Friends are always putting some subordinate between them and a, a, a decision like Manafort and Gates and mm. other people who um, say, oh, somebody else did it. Gotcha. Thanks, Trina. I appreciate that. And, of course, uh, sadly, i got to give Mo 15 seconds. Morris from Long Beach. Go, brother. I'll tell you what's going on with that idea. They had a lot of uh, sensitive, uh, intimate information. I think it was a sex worker, Brad, that provided all the information. Okay? That's my position. Uh, all right, Mo. Thank you, brother. I can't follow up on that, uh, but I got to get out. Uh, uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator today, D'Angelo Jones, and to all of you for tuning in, listening, and calling in. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And yes, we will see you tomorrow on the Bradcast. Until then, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Yeah.